Hey, what's up, folks? This is Tony Brew and Aaron Dotson. It's Tuesday, 10 a.m. Central, 11 Eastern. And for like the 97 people that live in the Atlantic daylight time, it's noon. So here we are. It's Tuesday. This is Christianity Now. Co-host Aaron Dotson, Tony Brewer. We're going to talk today about this accusation that gets thrown around about people in the Church of Christ. Well, y'all teach a work salvation. Y'all teach checklist Christianity. We're going to talk about the validity of, I'm going to call it one accusation because it kind of is. I mean, yes, there's two, but it's one accusation, really. Checklist Christianity, work salvation. So we're going to talk about the validity of it. We're going to try to understand work salvation and checklist Christianity, and then we're going to try to address this perception within the Church of Christ. Aaron, we've been very busy with local work. Yeah, we have. Life and local work, and my family's had a run with sickness lately, and I'm mostly better, but... Cheyenne's still a little sick. Yeah, I, well, it'll I drain know. you down mentally too. Yeah. you get barn sour sitting in the house. I guarantee it. Just that 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 term <laughs> is different for yeah. me. Yeah, as a as a horseman. Yeah, barn sour to me is mm-hmm. when you ride your horse away from the barn. He don't want to ride away from the barn. He He's constantly the, trying to come back. Right. He's wanting to stay at the barn. But I think barn sour for you was yep. what I would say is stir crazy. I yep. don't want to be in my house. I want to get out. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's interesting. Language yep. is so fun. It is. Like it I, is. Context, I, I could just be using it completely wrong, but I think I've heard it. The no, way I don't I'm think using so. Before, I, I, but I yet think, there's two meanings. That's neat. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, you did. I know you didn't use it wrong because it communicated the. It communicated what you wanted to communicate. Yeah. Because I understood the the. <laughs> The the well now I can't think of the word. It's not colloquialism. Um, not idiom. No, yeah, the idiom. Uh, I understood yeah. the idiom. Yeah. Uh, with within the context. Yeah. So it conveyed exactly what you wanted to convey. I think that's just what I've always heard, like my grandparents yeah. and folks say. He's barn sour. He hadn't been out. He wants to stay in. Yeah. the bar- I guess you know. I'm with you. And and well, I mean, yeah, that's cool. All right, forget about that. Let's move on. <laughs> Um, so I, I had You've the pleasure, busy. I have, I've had the pleasure of baptizing a young woman into Christ okay. yesterday. Okay. I was hoping that's what that meant. I was like, yeah. I, surely that's what that picture means. Oh, you sent me and, a picture of the baptistry and I was, yeah. And, and whenever you messaged me back, you, you said, awesome. Where is that? And I said, portable baptistry. <laughs> yeah. I, I, was like, I was like, he's busy. Uh, I know I couldn't see. I'm getting okay. old. It was on my phone. <laughs> I like, hey, where's that? It looked battery. portable, and like, if my immediate thought was like, where is that? It's portable. Somebody's in the hospital about to die. They're about to get plunged beneath the healing, cleansing flood. And then yeah. I, finally, I went back to the message and looked at the picture, trying to figure it out. And I zoomed in. I was like, no, nah, it looks like the church building up there. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just couldn't see. So when I when I messaged you this morning, I opened it up on my laptop. It's bigger. I was like, ah, where is that? I thought he said, what is that? Where is that? Portable baptistry. <laughs> yeah. So I guess a good lesson is whenever you're having a conversation with somebody and you hear an answer, don't just assume that the answer you were given was to the question you asked. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Terry Crooks, Aaron says, "I pray y'all feel better soon. I've been ill since Saturday. I hope I hope I get well soon. I hope you do too, Terry. Yeah, yeah. And listen, um, thanks for the before prayers. we get into the and equipping expository ministry. Good to see you. Uh, that's John Exum, Terry Crooks. Good to see you, Diana Harden. Uh, good morning and good to see you. And Diana says, wonderful news yesterday. It absolutely is. Um." Hold, hold on a second. The new sister in Christ. That's it. I got a little itch in my ear. Now I'm better. Uh, what was I doing, Aaron? Oh, you, yeah. You were baptizing somebody yesterday. Well, I was, but uh, yeah. But I'm talking about today. Oh. Um, let me put this caption up, and I want to I want to offer some <clears throat> gratitude because I was told a few months ago, hey, you ought to put your PayPal up for a tip jar. Well, right there it is on this bottom of the screen, www.nearchurches.gmail.com. And I don't look at it very often. And lo and behold, I mean, there, there's not a lot of money in it. Like when I say a lot of money, I mean, it's, it's over $100 that uh, we have been tipped through the people that watch this show. Mm-hmm. And I used recently, I used that. So this, this piece of foam right here is not designed to be addressed in the side. It's designed to be addressed right here. And it's for a Sure SM7B. And I'm I'm using it to get by. I use that tip money in the in the near church's Gmail to order a foam windsock from Neumann. And it cost about eighty dollars US, which is crazy, but I mean, you think, well, it's just foam. Yeah, it is, but it's got Neumann stamped on it, so it makes it more expensive. It's like a John Deere tractor. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, so what we're planning to do, I'm going to, knock on wood, I'm going to today as I'm out with Anthony running errands, I've got a Sure SM7B and uh, a stack of microphone preamps and some, uh, I, well, that's probably the only thing that I'm going to be sending to Aaron for the studio down there. And... Um, we're going to try to get to where I can get him some of this money that we have uh, stockpiled a little bit to maybe get an acoustical dampening curtain that he can he can hang up. Just it's nothing. None of this is life or death, but it just would if there was a little bit of reverb cut out of of his side, it would be better. And the reason you all support us is to do that. And to promote the podcast, which after the first of the year, we've got a little bit of a nest egg saved up. We're going to promote the podcast really hard and heavy uh, the first three months of 2024 and see what happens. So I, I wanted to give you that update. And, and and we are so grateful because up here in Canada right now, I mean, I couldn't afford to spend $80 just on a whim. Yeah. Out of, mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, yeah. The, the reason I was able to get what we, and, and I did need it. I mean, it's. This this philosophy of use for this microphone, it needs that windsock. And I wouldn't have been able to done it without y'all. Yeah, so when you're, when you're able to get something, even if it seems small in the eyes of others, when it's something of value to what we're trying to do, it's important to us. And we're able to do it, you know, it's like this is great. We That's really it. appreciate it. Thank you so yes. much. Oh, like, it's huge. Like, yeah. you know, we've been needing this or wanting this for a while. And yeah. now we you know, it's just yes. exciting. Yes. And I ordered it four or five days ago and it might get here December the 5th. Wow. Because again, it is Neumann is a German outfit. And anyway, all is well, 
But yeah. I'm just the only thing I can say is thank you. We we are so yeah. grateful. Don't underestimate how much it helps whenever you uh, give those donations. Whenever you subscribe to Substack for five dollars a month. In fact, let me get the let me get the overlay up that we normally have. Uh, when you subscribe to Substack for five dollars a month, or whenever if you look at the show notes, there's buy me a coffee. There's Patreon. Sorry, I, my brain <laughs> malfunctioned there. And uh, yeah, that's all I've got. Every time uh, you say overlay, it's like I'm my mind's waiting for you to throw up Jeremiah seventeen nine. The heart oh. is deceitful above all things. <laughs> yeah. You remember how you did that several times? Like, boom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just there. It's ready. I got it ready. Yeah. So when you say overlay, it's like my mind has this image. It comes yeah, here, up. Here's like, the overlay. The, the heart is deceitful, deceitful above all things. Who can who can know it? Who can yeah. follow it? Who can trust it? Yeah. <laughs> Don't. Yeah. Well, Jesus, he knows my heart. Yeah. That's a, that's that ought to scare you to death. Yeah. I ought to scare you to death to the point that you, you obey Christ. Absolutely. <laughs> now, a good segue into the podcast, Aaron, would be the reason folks in the Church of Christ, and I'm going to from here on out, I'm going to use we and us. Okay. Yeah. The reason we are accused of teaching a works salvation and checklist Christianity is because it's in a response to these people who teach a lackadaisical kind of faith only. It just doesn't matter as long as you believe kind of Christianity. Yeah. And that's always a, a problem. I, in fact, I think that's the reason why we have feminism. It, 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 it's such a pervasive and pernicious problem today is because there was a time when women were second-class citizens. Yeah. And so whenever you corrected that, it overcorrected, yeah. and now we've got to have it time to come back to center where it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's sad that society tends to jump from one pendulum to the other or swing yeah. from one to the other. Yeah. And 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 I think I think members of the Lord's church, I think we have we have combated um well I I think whenever you talk to people about the Holy Spirit and how God works in the world today and stuff like that. Some of them, I, I, I've talked to some that have even gone so far as to say that when we pray, we can't even really ask God for anything because if, if we do and we think he's going to give it to us, then that's, that's divine intervention and we're, at, we're, we're going back to the age of miracles. Yeah, we're asking for a miracle. I know, we're not understanding providence. And, and I believe that is in, that the reason for that not thinking is in direct uh, response to uh, the charismatic folk that, you know, yeah. you get a miracle, you get a miracle, you get a miracle kind yeah, of deal. Yeah, so like from our perspective, like you said, we and us, from our perspective, because there's so much error taught, the, the, the idea that God is still working miraculously, we teach about God's word, the sufficiency of his word and salvation and sanctification, that kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah, and then and then we teach that God is working behind the scenes providentially. Yeah, and so if we're not careful, it's like our people, you know, quote unquote, they start thinking that well, God doesn't work today. You know, that's it. Because otherwise, it's a miracle. No, 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 no. Don't put God in a box. That's it. But but yet God does define and clearly identify how He works and how He doesn't work. So I'm not saying yes. that. But so. 
Oh, absolutely, man. I, I we don't have. I'm gonna I'm gonna give an illustration real quick that I always use. To me, God working in providence, Aaron, is so much more impressive because it shows so much more of a control over creation. Yep. So let me give you this illustration. I play this game called Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. It's a FromSoft FromSoft game. It's a Souls game. It's in the Souls genre, and they are notoriously difficult. Yeah. The catchphrase in the community is "Get good." G I T G U D. In fact, for Christmas, a good friend of mine bought me a mug with the Elden Ring logo, and it said, "They said get good, so I did." Aaron, I did get good. I'm yeah. I'm pretty good at that game. Yeah. Now, that being said, I watch YouTube videos sometimes about these people who do these rune level one, weapon level zero, all boss, no hit runs. Well, when I beat the game, well, when I beat the game the first time, I was like level almost 300. I was way over leveled. But when I went back and played it again, I was able to beat the game at about level 137, 130, whatever. It was, it was, it was above 130 and below 140. And I even beat, you know, like one of the most difficult bosses in FromSoft history. But these rune level one uh, runners that do zero level weapons, they're doing it without getting hit. And it is amazing to watch. Now, I could do that by going in and jacking with the code. So going in and jacking with the code on the video game is like a miracle. It, circum, it, it circumvents the rules of that little universe in that game. Mm-hmm. What's more impressive, you watching me do a soul level one, weapon level zero run where I kill all the bosses, yet I am manipulated the code where I can't die? Right. Or watching somebody who just has such a mastery of the game that they do it within the confines of the rules of that little cosmos. Yeah, exactly. That's how I think about like that. That's why doing miraculous things do not impress me. Yeah. It's the things that God does through providence. I, I get you. I, I pick up what you're putting down and it makes me think of, it's not the exact same, but it makes me think of Jesus when I, uh, you know, resisting temptation. As a man, when not I was, a miracle. When I not was a miracle, a, right? When I was a kid, I was like, I always heard how that was great and awesome. But as I, you know, and I, before I studied more, I was like, yeah, but he was God. And then I knew I the Bible said in James one that God can't be tempted by evil. I knew that, but I was like, but still, like, how did it appeal to him? Because he loved God and he was, you know, committed to doing God's will. And then yeah. the more I realized his humanity. Then yeah. I realized we, we have a Facebook user said, what did you say? The the problem Facebook user is there's a lag. Yeah. And, and we don't know what, we don't know what we said at the moment you type that. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about Providence and, and stuff like that. Um, and then Jesus, uh, Jesus resisting temptation <coughs> and not sinning. Was not miraculous. Well, we could say he did that through the providence of God, right? He he did. I mean, that's God's provision. Yeah, well, it's God's. Yeah. It's, it's God's provision in that. 
Um, there's no temptation overtaking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will, with the temptation, make right. a way of escape. Right. So Jesus overcame temptation through the providence of God. I mean, it required uh, okay. his decision. Fa- Facebook user says just being goofy. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, so... Um, and, and to your point, and that's so much more impressive than if Jesus, yes. well, again, for, theologically, the, the theological ramifications is you and I don't have an actual sacrifice and a mediator if Jesus was not able to sin, right. as, as some people claim. Right. Like, no, he was able to sin. And as you were saying, it wouldn't be impressive to me at all had he not been vulnerable Yes. To sin, like oh, yes. he was, he's God; he's not tempted by evil. Yes, but he became a man and subjected himself to temptation. That's it. And so Absolutely. he did have the desires, and he did have the opportunity to fulfill. Well, it. Jesus, going through puberty, woke up in the morning with pubescent hormonal overload. There you go. And he yeah. did not sin. Yeah, that's if right. He can do it. You can do it. And if he, if somebody says no, he didn't, then you you misunderstand humanity altogether. Uh, you, uh, you're you're blind. <laughs> yeah, the the, on, the only people you, that would say that who are people who have never dealt with pubescent hormonal overload. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some 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 apply that verse in James to say Jesus couldn't be tempted. And you know what? Whenever whenever Jesus, before Jesus became Jesus, whenever. Uh, Jesus was pre-incarnate, the second member of the Godhead, before he right. became flesh and dwelt among us. The word. He couldn't be tempted. That's right. The word. Yeah. Yep. Okie dokie, Aaron. Let's 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 do yeah. a hard segue. Yeah. Um, Aaron, I think sometimes we earn the accusation of teaching work salvation and checklist Christianity. Yeah. And, and and when I say we, I'm not just using the editorial we out of. I'm just using it because it applies. I don't know what I'm trying to say, yeah. but I, in the past, yeah, I have basically taught checklist Christianity and a work salvation, not realizing what I was doing. And if that, and I just want to say this too: if if you're ever watching this, listening, whatever the case is, and that sounds strange to your ears, that we as the churches of Christ sometimes earn that accusation, I'm begging you to listen to this episode. Cause like, yes. if you think that that's not, you don't do that. I don't, you need to accept, we need to self-examine. There's reasons yep. why we get these accusations. We don't need to be a kind of people that I don't do that. We don't do that. No, listen, we need to scrutinize things. We need to test everything. Yeah. And, and, and quite frankly, you personally may not have ever done this. You, you may not, but you may the congregation, some, yeah. The congregation where you are may not have ever done they may this. Not. We're speaking generally. That's right. Uh, that's it. And I'm, I'm, I'm man enough to say it's been me. Yeah. It's been me. I've done it too and didn't. I, don't, I think now didn't. I didn't really. I didn't realize it. Like I just yeah. didn't. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't doing it and saying, oh yeah, oh God owes me. We definitely earn our salvation. I I, I don't think I was ever like that, like some kind of blatant intentional, but the way I approached it and the way I was teaching it, I would let on to somebody like, you know, it was a works-based salvation. Yeah. And I'm talking about works. You had to define terms, but you know. We're not yes. talking about what God commands, but 
correct know, in our proper attitude. But while, while we're still in the shallow end of our podcast, <laughs> let me let me get this comment that applies to uh, the previous segment where we're talking a little bit about the dichotomy between miracles and providence. It's a fine line to walk between miracles and providence. It's easy to fall into the trap of viewing God as a watchmaker. He began the stopwatch after the death of John, presumably the last surviving apostle and the end of miracles. And after that, God stopped doing anything. This false application concludes that God does not hear prayer since he doesn't do anything to affect the outcome of the request. This weakens your view of God as a father who cares for his children or a shepherd watching his flock. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, in school. Whenever we were studying the Holy spirit, Keith Moser wrote it on the board and he said, if you leave this study and claim that I believe that the Holy Spirit works in the world today only through the word, then you will have misrepresented what I believe and what I am teaching. The and Father, there, the, go ahead. And there, and there have been people that still went out of there and did that. And they yes, they have. Falsely accused him. Yes. <laughs> Um, the, the, I believe just like Keith Moser believes the father, the son, and, and I believe it's what the Bible teaches yeah. the father, the son, and the Holy spirit work in the world today, separate and apart from the word of God, but not directly through miraculous means. Yeah. And, and we don't have enough time <clears throat> to get into that <laughs> quite frankly, but yeah. might not be a bad lesson to do one day is do a show on Providence. Yep. Yeah. Understanding work salvation and checklist Christianity, Aaron. Um, human actions are not good enough to earn salvation. No action we can take can earn salvation. Do you have a, a New Testament handy? Can yeah. you read Ephesians 2, 8 through 9? Yep. And then I'm going to ask you a question after you read it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yeah, you got 10 as well. That's good. In verse 9, if I'm understanding what you read correctly, salvation is a gift that we cannot earn. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that Aaron? Yep. Me too. Absolutely. Regardless of anything that I teach about obedience. Yeah. I believe that. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to mitigate it whatsoever mm -hmm. when I quote it. No. And I don't, yeah, I don't have to say, now I believe grace is a gift. Salvation rather is a gift by God's grace, but we have to obey. I don't have to say, but hey, no, no, buts. I don't have to say, but you have to obey. We're no. saved by grace through faith. Exactly. No mitigation. Now the audience may say, well, I'm confused because I heard you say yesterday that you had to be baptized in order to be saved. In fact, preacher, I even heard you say baptism saves us. Mm -hmm. Well, I believe that too, because I have first Peter three, 20 and 21. So I can say both of them. In fact, first Peter three, 20, Noah and his family, eight souls were saved from the flood by water. Verse 21, 
the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting of the way of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. We can unpack that. We can put it in its context. We can draw out all the nuance, but the explicit statement in the verse is still true yeah. regardless of our understanding of it, which is baptism doth also now save us. Yep. So I've got Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 that says we're saved by grace through faith. It's a gift. Not only is it a gift, but it, it's qualified there, isn't it? It's a gift. It's not specifically not of works mm-hmm. for the purpose that men don't boast. Yeah. What happened with Gideon and what was it? Gideon had 30,000, <laughs> then he had 3,000, then he whittled it down to 300. 300, yeah. What happened while it was still at in the thousands? God said, that's still too many. Yeah. And if you win, you're going to think you did it. Exactly. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it down to where you'll know. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. You, you had you had to have me to do it. <laughs> That's it. To have it. <laughs> That's it. And and, and the, the Facebook user says, I believe that. And I know what we were talking about whenever that comment was written. We were talking about we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift. They believe that. Yep. Uh, Barry Odell, Mammoth Spring Church of Christ, Romans 6.23. The gift of God is eternal salvation. And Barry might further comment. Perhaps he's commenting that for this reason. He may qualify it differently. But I also know this to be the case. You know, Romans 6.23, like Ephesians 2, the gift is salvation, not personal faith. Exactly. The, the gift is salvation, eternal salvation. Yeah. Not not personal faith. Well, there are false teachers that say God, God miraculously gifts you personal faith. And it's like, no, the, the thing that's not earned is salvation. The thing that you can't do works that you might boast to receive yeah. is salvation. See, John, I re- uh, Connie Barton says we can't earn or by works but there's still something that has to be done on our part. That's the key. Yeah. It's not by works. We can't earn it. But to say we can sit down on our behind of do nothing, lean back on our elbows of do less, kick up our feet of entitlement, and say, where's my salvation, God? It's a gift. Yep. Barry says, right, salvation being, hold on a second. Salvation bring, being brought about by grace through faith is the gift of God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to, John, I'm going to, I'm going to flesh out this. I'm going to use this as a springboard to make a point that John, this is nothing against you at all. Please. I love your heart and I love your contributions to this podcast. This podcast better off because you comment. This is going to sound like for a moment I'm chiding or chastising or pushing back. I'm not. I'm using this as a springboard to make a point. Okay? I don't even say this. I believe we are saved by grace through faith, but not faith or grace alone. I have no problem using the alone. I don't use it the way the denominations use it. If you think that we are saved by anything other than grace... You're teaching a false doctrine. The only thing man is saved by in a certain sense is grace. 
that is the ultimate facilitator and fomenter of a right relationship with God. If you claim that we access that grace through anything other than faith, we are teaching a false doctrine. So I have no problem even with the alone, Aaron. Yeah. The problem hey, is define it's, terms and it, it's semantically overloaded. Yeah. Define terms. Yeah. And, and John is says only access by faith. Yeah, what exactly. is faith? You know. Exactly. And, and John says, I agree with that in the sense you use it. I agree. Yeah. I, yeah. I knew, John, I knew I we'd be on the same page. I thought he already did because I think he's made a couple comments like that before, but I'm glad yes. you highlighted yeah. that, Tony, because we need to think about that. Yes. Things need to be defined correctly. Yes. And I like how and, you started out by clarifying very clearly so nobody can walk away and say otherwise <laughs> and yeah. be right. Yeah. That I'm not saying I say faith alone like denominationalism. No. 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 I'm trying to think of something else that's semantically overloaded, the, the, the reason we don't use that terminology. Okay. The quote-unquote witnessing or testifying. The denominations do that differently than the Bible authorizes it to be done. Listen, if, if you think that we shouldn't use our testimony and bear witness to what God has done for us in the evangelistic process— you're just missing a whole swath of the New Testament. And you're making it a lot harder on yourself, too, by the way. <laughs> I know it. Now, look, I don't think that the preacher needs to get up every Sunday and just talk about what God's done for him. That's not preaching the whole counsel of God. Right. But but it is it, part of the counsel of God yes. to explain how he applied the gospel to his life. Yes. Isn't that part of the whole counsel and, of God? And, and if and you don't believe us, go read Paul's writings. Yep. Paul talked about himself a lot. Somebody would say, well, he was inspired to do it. We're not. It's like. Well, we're supposed to follow his example. I mean, he's, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. So. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Whoa. Where are we at? Okay. Um, I also think it's okay to say we are saved by the faith alone, but much mitigation would be needed. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And I, again, well, it depends on what circle, John. I don't know if there'd be much mitigation that would be needed in the right circles. Yeah. You know, and now the denominations, they wouldn't even understand what that, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even understand the, the definite article there and what that means because they don't conceptualize a difference between the faith and the faith that saves us. Well, on the comment on the comments that we made about you know John's original comment about uh, but not faith or grace alone, yeah, um, we all can have our own you know way we handle that as long as we're teaching the truth. Yeah, I mean, the, I, the, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I stray away from saying those alones like that. You know, got to be I careful. Just wanna, I know, I don't, I don't think that's my opinion. I don't think I would say that, but I'm going to try to explain it like. We took the time to do on here. Well, uh, talk about how yeah. it is only by grace that a person can be saved, yet it has to be uh, accepted and accessed by faith. Then you have to understand what faith is. Yeah. Well, think you about know. this. If I'm preaching Sunday morning at any congregation across the Bible Belt that hangs a shingle on their door, says Church of Christ, I might preach a sermon and I might focus more on the alone. To help people understand, this ain't you, buddy. Yeah. 
it's faith alone to the exclusion of you. Yeah. It's grace alone to the exclusion of you. It's not grace alone to the exclusion of faith. It's not faith alone to the exclusion of works. Yeah. It's grace alone to the exclusion of you. Yeah. That, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now, yeah. if I was allowed to go preach at the Baptist church, I'd do it. Might not be allowed back, but I would preach more of an emphasis on grace and faith and how we are responsible for, and I don't care how trite or cliche it sounds, these things are timeless for a reason. I'm sinking in the ocean. Somebody throws out a lifeline and says, we're here to offer you this gift of salvation. Well, it's not a gift. You expect me to do something. Throw the line actually on me so I don't have to reach out and grab it. It's like, no, nah, it's still a gift. It's still a gift. Even if they throw it right where all you have to do is this. That's <laughs> I mean, right. It's still a gift. That That's the that's the thing that infuriates me about the dishonesty of, of false teachers. Yes, twisting, that, twisting, it twisting. It angers me. It really does. It's righteous indignation, though. It's just mm-hmm. they want to pin us down as teaching work salvation the way they define that. Yes. That we are doing the gospel damage and harm yeah. by teaching God's conditions of salvation. See, that, that's, that's, that's the thing. By teaching God's conditions of salvation, by teaching that there is a proper location of salvation, yep. you know, and, is, the, and, is the gospel. But they're going to come in and say, you're teaching work salvation, you know. If salvation were conditionless, it would also be worthless. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It would also be worthless. Well, yep. Tony, if somebody gave you a pound of gold, it'd still be a pound of gold. Yeah, but it, it wouldn't be near worth near as much to me as if I earned it. Mm-hmm. If there were, when I say earned, oh boy, that's that's a bad. Money is different than salvation. Absolutely, okay? yeah, it's a wage you earn. Yes. Money. So he, he, here, here, let me let me let me clarify. And this. Paul says in Romans four that salvation's not that way. It's not a wage. Right. If it was a wage we earned, we're all damned to hell. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, but what I mean, the, and, and th- this yeah. is why illustrations is are imperfect. You got to be careful how far you press them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if th- there's a difference between quote unquote found money and money that is conditional, just like there is a difference between like if, if somebody just gave me a bicycle, let's say somebody gave me a $2,000 carbon frame, uh, uh, specialized Roubaix touring bike. I'm going to treat that bicycle different than if there's conditions placed on me receiving that bicycle because I've got skin in the game. Now, that doesn't mean that the conditions placed on the bicycle mean that I've earned the bicycle. You or know. that the conditions made the the gift more valuable. Right. Yeah, there's no, like, there's no, no. more. The, 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 the bicycle is no more or less inherently valuable. It's how I reckon it. I could see that being a charge from the false teachers. Oh, yeah. They, they yeah. say that kind of thing. If you put yeah. conditions on there, then you're saying that that cheapens. It is finished. Jesus did yeah. it all, you know. Well, and, and, and that's another the, the, I, the clarification. <sighs> Jesus did do every bit of it. Just, did, did. Like, just like the guy that got your mayday, he chartered a boat. He put in the proper safety procedures. 
and he typed in his GPS and he went and found you, it is finished. Once he finds you, he's like, oh, my work is done. Here's the rope. Rest is up to you. Yeah. So I have to trust in the finished work of this man that's saving me and take advantage of what he's done. That's right. By grabbing the rope. That is such a simple if, illustration. If I, if I trust in his finished work, then I will trust in what he said to do to receive it. I mean, that's just that's just that's just the thing. Oh, hold on. You had a comment there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 Melissa. Paul said in Romans one five that they received grace for obedience. Now the grammarian in me wants to explore something right here, Aaron. But let me keep going. Obedience is our part. Would it be correct to say that faith, obedience, and grace can't be detached from one another, from each other? Uh, yes. And the reason I say that unequivocally and without reservation or hesitation is the way I define grace. And I actually preached on this last Sunday. Faith is just. Did I say grace or faith? Whatever. You said faith. Grace. You preached on faith. grace. I, I meant faith. I meant faith. Um, faith is simply the action you take based on what you believe. Mm -hmm. Well, the action you take based on what you believe, that's, you know, another word that describes that perfectly? Obedience. Mm -hmm. God tells us to do something. If we don't do something, bad things are going to happen. What do you believe? I believe God exists. I believe God keeps his word, and I believe God is going to punish me if I don't do something, and I'm going to believe God rewards me if I do. So the action I take based on what I believe is I just do what he says. Mm -hmm. Now, the grammarian in me, Romans 1.5, received grace for obedience. Because of the apostles' obedience, did they receive grace? Is that what we're saying? Is that what that verse is saying? No. Or did they receive grace in order that they could obey? You got to look at the original word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I'm thinking. It's been a minute. I don't I I know. have to look at well, it. Well, I'm thinking from the context of Romans chapter 5 that it's very possible. It is that, ace. It is ace. For, oh. obedience to the, for obedience to the faith. They received grace in order that they could obey. What's that mean? Well, it's talking to the people that are Christians and apostles. You, you know. understand. What, what is, according to Romans 5, 18, Aaron, what is our justification of life? How do we justify the fact that we are alive? Jesus, death. What does that mean? Let me tell you what I think it means, and I'm pretty staunch on this. In the loins of Adam, representatively, was every man and woman that would ever exist. Mm -hmm. When he ate of the fruit, he was supposed to die. Therefore, death came upon every man and woman that would ever exist through Adam's loins. Mm -hmm. God showed grace whereby Adam obtained mercy that he and Eve would, able, would be able to live long enough to produce offspring. So your life is justified by the death of Jesus Christ. We have a life because of God's grace. 
If you're alive, you're alive because of God's grace. You have received that grace in order to obey God and give that life back to the one who gave it. That's the sacrifice. Yeah. That's why you lay down your life and you're buried in order to be raised in newness of life, thus making yourselves living sacrifices in a very manifest way that Jesus did. That's physical life in verse 18. Yes, sir, it if is. You're alive, it can't be anything other. Yeah, if you're alive physically... It's because of that one man's righteous act. The free gift came to all men. That's all That's living men. Yeah, and that cannot be salvation. It can't be because all or are else saved or else I'd have been saved. Otherwise, well, it's actually, universalism. The, well, that and the Calvinists have a problem because they don't believe little babies are born saved. They believe they're born damned. Yeah, but then verse nineteen, he continues. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. So he goes on in the next yeah, comments it, it, to talk about the spiritual. Well, it transitions into he the spiritual. transitions, yeah. He's justified you to life, to live on this earth through the death of his son. And that's through it. the death of his son, you also can have spiritual life. You know, that's what I think is, yeah. Makes sense. So therefore, I can earn my salvation by the works that I do. <laughs> you, you see how you cannot, if no. you teach the Bible correctly, you will teach a proper relationship between obedience, grace, and mercy, and you will never teach a work salvation. Yep. But you will never allow people to come away concluding that yep. I don't have to do anything or I must do it all. Right. You can't come yep. to God. He's come to you, Calvin. Jesus said, come to me. <clears throat> oh, Connie Barden. Let me get this. Yeah. God's grace has always had conditions, whether under the old law or under the law of Christ. We have a responsibility to do the things that God has laid out for salvation. I mean, John, I didn't read it, but John quoted Billy Bland earlier. I'll quote him now. That's it, and it don't get no itter. Yeah. Have you, did you hear him say that in class? I think so, that, yeah. That's it, and it don't get no itter. Yeah, I'm, um, at, I'm still looking at Romans 1, 5. And declared to be the Son of God, verse 4, with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Where about? Through him, or through we him, have sorry. received grace and apostleship. So That's it. For obedience to the faith, I, he's saying that they've been by God's grace, they've been given grace and a sent message. They've been sent yep. on a mission for people to obey the faith. That's that's, that's what that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Oh, it's it's good um, stuff. Um, among all nations, that's the next phrase. Yes. Yeah. Not yeah. Not I saved you, so you have the ability to to obey me, like Calvinistic stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> I saved you, so you can come to me. You know. Yeah. I, I mm. uh, unequivocally gave you faith so that you could then love me because before that you couldn't come to me. Right. That's, I tell you that the, 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 you frustrated. The, yeah. The damnable, the sheer idiot, idiot. What's the word there? Idiocracy. Idiocracy. It is of, well, you don't have to do anything. 
Wait, yeah. you, mean, you just lumped in. You don't even have to do what God said. I know it. Wow. Okay. You don't have to do. It's just like, you know, it's just like the people that I've dealt with here in my local. I don't even like saying their names, you know, but in my local work, you don't have to do anything. God gifts it to you. It's like, yeah. so you don't have to read the Bible. So yeah. God, so God reads the Bible for you. I'm with you. You don't have to go to church and learn does from God, righteous people. Good doc, does God believe for you? Does God believe for you? Is yeah, he, I, he gifts it to you. So yeah. you don't. So you don't actually believe that Jesus is Son of God. God gave it to you so you'd believe it. That's it's it. It's like what does that sound like? Some it's kind ridiculous. of psychotic God. He gives you faith so you'll he hits you so you'll believe yep. him. It's just like. Yeah, uh, it's just it's, it angers me to no end. Well, yeah, it, I, I it's say, it's rough. To no end, but it just it bothers me so bad that people can get wrapped up in that. I'm with you. I hate Satan. And and and, and let me tell you something: we could do. We could have a gospel meeting or a lectureship where we talk about this. And if we do that, we're going to need flyers and advertisements and social media graphics and stuff like that to spread the news about our event, which brings us to the sponsor of our show, Lindsay Dotson, lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com. And if you will stay tuned for about a minute and 24 seconds, we have a word from our sponsor. Are you looking to spread the word about your next church event in style? Lindsay Dotson is your go-to designer for church-related advertisements that truly stand out. When it's time to invite members to your upcoming event or share the news of a special gathering, trust Lindsay to deliver vibrant flyers that capture attention and set the tone, memorable postcards that carry your heartfelt message, eye-catching social media graphics perfect for sharing across all platforms. With a keen understanding of the needs of the events of the Christian community, Lindsay crafts designs that not only look great, but also resonate deeply with your congregation. Get in touch with Lindsay Dotson today to elevate your church event promotions to the next level. Message her on Facebook or shoot her an email at lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com. Share your church's special moments and announcements in the most visually stunning way with Lindsay Dotson's expert touch. Reach out now and let your event shine. All right, we're thankful to Lindsay Dotson for sponsoring the show. And uh, when you when you purchase stuff from her, that is a way of supporting the Christianity Now platform. Aaron, let's talk about a checklist Christianity. I think we've got her licked about work salvation. Yeah. We don't teach that. No. No. We no. don't believe it even. Yep. Yeah. And don't let people pin you down with their words and you know. <laughs> John John Exams, he 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 he's too uh he's too he he's too hey. gracious there. And good as Morgan Freeman on you narrations. Yes. I tell you what, I Tony's I been pri- working. He's been working on his narrations. I bet. I yes. Well, you I've have. I've I've priced out. So there's in the United States, there's a company called Whisper Booth, and in Canada, there's a company called Bear Cave. Both of them are mm-hmm. for they make these high end products for um, voiceover artists and and home studio recorders and stuff like that. And I want a four foot by six foot bear cave. And 
it would be nice to have a double wall, but it's like $13,000. Yeah. But it is a soundproof, acoustically dead, anechoic chamber. I wish I had that too. <laughs> That'd be cool. Oh, oh dude. But that would like, be. Maybe I one can, day we'll be doing the show in something like that. Well, we, well, yeah, we, we could. One well, of you, these days, maybe. Yeah. Um, Wouldn't that be cool? But for, for about 6,000, I can get a single wall, which is, I mean, it's, 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 it's not quite anechoic. Or it does, it's anechoic. In other words, there's no reverb or echo or nothing, no sound or anything. Like you can hear your blood pump through your head. And um, then it also deadens the outside noise. So, Connie, you, you raise a good point. Connie says, y'all don't need that. You sound great. We do. Uh, and and I, I, I know this, okay? But this this commercial that I made... I could sell this commercial or a commercial like it with this quality for a couple hundred, $250. But if I had that sound booth and if I was able to produce the quality that I was able to produce, I could sell and I could do voiceover narration and I could sell commercials like that on a national level to actual brands where that minute and 30 second commercial would be ten thousand dollars yeah so if i had the money to purchase one of these booths i could start right now putting out i could get an agent i could put out my i, I could, I could it, it's just just put you on a whole different level this is a yes. whole different ball game like there, there's a reason these things sell and there's a reason that there's there's right. industry standards yeah we appreciate that you think we sound great. Yes. Hey, yes, we're doing yes. what we're doing good with what we got. I mean, we, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great. But, and yeah. uh, but so anyway, that, that's yeah. that's it. That's all. But, but that, that's my wish list. That's my I want a four by six whisper booth or four by six yeah. bear cave. And uh, yeah, we'll do that. We'll, we'll have it. I'll have it one of these days. I mean, I've, I've, I'm 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 looking at to sell some stuff. I got a I got a pretty expensive bicycle. <laughs> that I don't ride anymore, that I'm going to yeah. sell it. I'm going to save up some money. And hopefully, hopefully by this time next year, I have a four by six. Is that, is that something that would be movable? Yeah. Oh yeah. I wouldn't buy it if I couldn't move it. Oh, okay. I was about to say. Yeah. 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 We get the show uh, going. We'll build a centralized study or. Yeah. Well, that that's the thing. I mean, I'm in Canada. You're in Arkansas. Yeah. I'd either have to move to you or you to me. And I'd, <laughs> I don't yeah. know if it's it's, it's it's I don't know if I'm ever going to move from here with the way this work right. is going and how the church is right. growing here. Um, I can't leave these people. <laughs> yeah, I ain't planning on leaving here anytime soon. Exactly. So, I gotta, so we're just, I got to stay here. We're we're going to be we're going to be on Zoom for a while. Hey, we could be like Kenneth Copeland and get us a big old jet and fly back and forth. <laughs> yeah, right, rise above the demons. Yeah, rise above the yeah, demons. Yeah, because the demons fly on the, the demon fly commercial. <laughs> Is that what he said? <laughs> That's what he said. I ain't lying to you, yeah, bro. He's the guy that did the <laughs> blowing COVID away. Yeah. Oh man. It's funny how we still have COVID. All right. Oh, speaking man. of the speaking of the whisper room in the bear cave, remember you can support us monetarily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we'll get, we'll get there one dollar at a time. Dollar at a time. That's we just the way need, you do it. We just need twelve thousand people to send us a dollar. <laughs> That's all we That's need. That's all we gotta do. And all you gotta do is a dollar. <laughs> That's it. 
Of course, we want you to get 11,999 more people. That's right. That's right. So really what you what we want you to do is you give a dollar. Yeah, you. You that's listening now. You give a yeah. dollar, and then you get somebody else to give a dollar. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh man, hey, uh, oh Connie Barnes, that's pretty cool to help bring in revenue. Yes, that that's what I'm talking about, Connie. Mm-hmm. And um, and and then John Exum says, "Will you blow the wind of God like Copeland?" No, not like Copeland. Much better than Copeland. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> let's just talk about so, checklist let's talk Christianity. About, yeah, let's talk about checklist Christianity. All right. So the the idea of checklist Christianity reduces or or, or pertains to reducing our faith walk. And I, I've coined that term, or I use that term now, Aaron, because of you and your videos that you do while you're walking. Yeah, I, I thought it was neat. I just they call them faith walks because you talk about anyway. Mm-hmm. So our walk of faith, our faith walk, consists more than a series of rituals or liturgical service. And James two seventeen and eighteen, even so faith if it hath not works is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. This implies that works and faith are interconnected. However, it does not support support the notion of faith being a mere checklist of actions. Yep. And you know what I always talk about, Aaron? The Big Ten. Big Ten Christianity. Yep. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized, preach, pray, Lord's Supper, sing without the instrument, and give of your means. If you do that, you're fine. We got you. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to heaven. Or I like this. Hey, uh, so so John Smith, he, he passed away. Oh, yeah. Well, did he die in faith? Oh, yeah, he was baptized. Uh, that's not what I ask. Right. Did he die in faith? <laughs> Did he die in faith? Did he die walking the walk of faith? That's right. Because after he was baptized into Christ in 1979 or whenever it was, his Lord charged him to bear much fruit. Yes. Was he bearing much fruit or was he just hanging out because he got ooh, baptized? Ooh. Let me define bear much fruit. Yeah, go right ahead. That has nothing to do with evangelism. In the metaphor, in the illustration of the vine and the mm-hmm. branches. Well, that's metaphor. I am the vine. He didn't yeah. say I'm like the vine. He said I am the vine. So that's metaphor. I'm the vine. You're the branches. All right? Aaron, I'm not being condescending. I'm using you to help me convey this. Mm-hmm. Aaron, who is the vine? Christ. Who are the branches in the in the context of the illustration? The apostles. All right. I believe subsequently you and I are branches. Yeah. If bearing fruit means evangelism, then that would mean each individual was a vine and had an offshoot of their own branches. Yeah, like because they converted somebody. Yeah. Yeah. The branches are the other Christians. The fruit you bear is a life lived in faith. Yeah. Yeah. I think the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. How do you grow that? How do you grow the fruit of the spirit in your own faith walk? Yeah. You you walk by the fruit of the spirit. You walk by the teachings of the spirit. That's it. Galatians chapter that's five. It. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. So uh, was a he lot walking of, the walk of faith. Well, he got it. baptized in 1979. Kind of like 
Are they a faithful child of God? Well, they come to church every time the doors open. Yo, oh, equating, yes. It's, it's I know. Like, it's so like, it's like we we become lopsided. We yeah. we're only thinking about the big ten, like yep. certain things. Yep. Got baptized. I come to church. I do the five acts of worship. So I don't I don't no no pressing concern or need or necessity to walk therein, Ephesians 2.10, and anything else. It, it's as if God gave us, let's just say, and we're, I know it's not a checklist, so you can refine this, but sure. it's, 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 it's as if God gave us 25 things to do, and once we get half of them, we're like, boom, shakalaka. Yep, look Good at what I've go. done. I mean, that's the way, I mean, that's what it, that's what it looks like to me. So I want to go to Romans 4. A minute, and I want to I want to read a few verses and then give an illustration of how I conceptualize this. It's the way we reckon it. It's the way you. <laughs> I know where you're going. You, I listen you, to you too much. You, you work the turds out of my mouth. I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. All right. What shall we say then that Abraham, our fathers, pertaining to the flesh, hath yep. found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. Yep. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Two men, both are 80 years, well, the life, the older I get, the age of my men go up. In the illustration, yeah, put them up there. About a, put them at hundred. We're gonna put them at hundred. I like hundred. Uh, so two men, both of which are one hundred years old, they were born the same month, so they're the same age. They both obeyed the gospel when they were twenty, so they have been Christians for eighty years. Every one of them have hit the checks. Big Ten Christianity. They've uh, even gone above and beyond. They both die. One is carried by angels to paradise in Abraham's bosom, and the other is carried is 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 ends Wakes up, in, up torment. in torment. Yeah, we yeah. don't know how we don't know how the guy got to torment. Doesn't say angels took him. I don't know if he just fell <laughs> or what. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> makes you uh, point, wonder. It does make you wonder a little maybe bit like now that I've just thought you, about it. When you die, you're not right with God. It may be like falling or something. Then you wake up. And you're yeah. I, I wouldn't want that. I, I don't know. All right. So going to torment. What's the difference between the two men? And you'll you'll ask people this question, and they'll come up with, no, nothing, no difference, no difference. Nope, that's, they both did the same. Nope, they did this too. Yes, they both gave of their same amount. Yes, they, they all, all did good deeds. The difference is how, as, as you said, Aaron, how they reckon. One obeyed God because he was so grateful that while he was yet a sinner, God commended his love for him through Christ. And the other obeyed God in order to receive his salvation at the hands or by the power of his work. That is absolutely brutal and terrible and scary. Yeah. And that's what checklist Christianity gets you. So so attitude so proper attitude is necessary. Proper, yeah, the heart. Like a lot of the heart listen, does matter. Yeah, my denominational friends, I know in this situation, it's very important that God knows your heart. Yeah, 
it's very important that you have the right heart before God. Yes. That you yes. have the right attitude, that you reckon it, you know, and that's the thing of it is, is just like verse four in Romans four. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. That means that works are not transactional. That's right. But if you treat works, if you treat obeying God and living the Christ-like life as transactional, you'll get what a transactional work gets you. Yep. Damnation. You got that right. It's not transactional. and You, you know, got that right. And then if you look at the verses 5 through 8, and you compare that with James 2, with the life of Abraham, works and of faith, they're fulfilling. Absolutely. That, that's what, I mean, that's what it is. And you're, and you have to, you have to fulfill God's will to please God. You have, you have to do, you know. Say that again. You have to f- do you it have again. You have to fulfill God's will to please God. Isn't that what I said? I think yeah, that's, it's, I said. that's exactly what you said. It just struck yeah. me is yes. that's the most Ned and the <laughs> first know. reader kindergarten <laughs> statement. So that's like, just, well, you have to inhale if you want to exhale. Duh, dummy. Yeah. You have but to that's fulfill such a, God's will to please God. It's like, like, why is that hard? Oh, you can't please God. You're just a sinner. No matter what you do, you're. Oh, contraire, mon frere. I can please God. Nothing you do pleases God. Yeah. You're um Romans. Yeah. Here you go, Tony. You ready? Go down the you're Get not, her done. Romans eight nine. Romans eight eight. Here's the most butchered verse. Uh mm, I know so where you're going. Th- so then those that are in the flesh cannot please God. No matter what you do, you can't please God. You can get baptized for remission of sins with the right attitude. It don't matter. You cannot please God. That's Somebody needs sh- to Google non sequitur. <laughs> yeah. That's their sugar stick verse. It, it is absolutely true that no, the people in the flesh cannot please God, but I'm not in the flesh, Aaron. Yeah. I'm in the spirit. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't walk after the flesh. I walk after the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Yeah. There is therefore now no condemnation for me. Yeah. Because I'm pleasing to God. Well, they would say, but before you become a Christian, you can't please God. That's what they would say. They would but, say yeah. Because you're in yeah. the flesh. So you can't do nothing to obey God. It's almost like you can't do anything to get right with God. Yeah. God has well, to do it for you. There, there's a uh, that's, Eddie that's Murphy, the, Eddie Murphy and, and Martin Lawrence. Uh, I, I highly suggest nobody watch this show because I think it's got a lot of foul language. Yeah. But I watched it and uh, watched it back when I didn't care. I suggest that nobody watched it. But there's a character in the show. So they're, they're wrongly accused. They go to prison and they go to prison for life. I think the movie's called Life. And probably if you watch it on Vid Angel or something like that, if you watch it on a, a, a an edited version where they probably bleep decent. out the cuss, yeah. it would no, it probably sound like Mars Code. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's like watching Gordon Ramsay Kitchen Nightmare <laughs> on Fox and all the so cuss words are bleeped out. Here's the beeps. <laughs> I know. Anyway, the there's a character on that show on that movie, and they call him Can't Get Right. That's his name. Can't get right because mm-hmm. he couldn't get right. But he could play baseball, so he could do one thing. <laughs> yeah. But the I, I think of that when I think of John Calvin. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we're just we just we're wrong and we can't get right, so we got to have something else. To do, somebody do it for us. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yep. God knows my heart is a scary thought sometimes. Yeah. Hey, hey, Alabama. Good to see you. Yep. If it has Eddie Murphy in it, you know it has bad language. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's his favorite thing to do. And uh, Praveen Kumar, good to see you. Hi, brother in Christ. And then um, first, first, first Galatians. <laughs> first Galatians. <laughs> mm. That was mm, good. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> first, I guess. I mean, is it well? No, first Galatians implies there's a second Galatians. So, so yeah, uh, if there's only one Galatians, you wouldn't say one. Anyway, First Corinthians four or five. He even he even copies and pastes in the most holy of translations of King James. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. Good stuff. Good stuff. And uh, Wayne Vaughn uh, was back a while ago said obedient faith. Yep. I mean, that, that's what, I, and it's a shame that you have. You shouldn't have to use the word obedient with faith because faith then by its nature is obedient. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 because of semantically overloaded terms and false doctrine, you've gotta Yeah. You've gotta you've gotta do stuff like that sometimes. Yeah, and John, you know, Calvin is wrong. It's so it's it's so sad. It really does break my heart of all the well, millions of people that have been distracted oh, yeah. and deceived by Calvin's doctrines and all the ones that continue to try well, to reform what Calvin said. You understand that even my own brethren, sometimes they teach that, well, Aaron, you have no righteousness at all. It's only you're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Uh -huh. It's Christ's righteousness that you have. And I'm like, well, wait a second. An inspired writer said, listen, don't let anybody tell you a lie. Yep. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. Well, what is the standard? What is the metric? How righteous or in what way am I righteous? Even as he is righteous. So if I'm righteous the same way Jesus is righteous, then you're telling me that I don't have my own righteousness? Did Jesus have his own righteousness? Yeah. If Jesus had his own righteousness because he did what God the Father wanted him to do, then if I do what God the Father wants me to do, I'll be righteous. Yeah, but Jesus did it perfectly sinlessly, and we can't. That's well, you're not, adding stuff the, the Bible doesn't save. That's not the point. Yeah. Sinless well, perfection is not the point. I get so tired of hearing people. That's a straw man that a lot of people use, but sinless perfection. It's like God nowhere can command sinless perfection. Come on, Maslow. Why do people if you often, want to come up here? You know, talk about that. This dumb dog. I've brought him up the last couple of times you and I have been on. So now it's. So now he kind of wants to come up, I think. Now it's becoming a. All right, you're done. Get down. We're glad. Hey. Go chew on your bone. Look, I'm co host. Here's my opinion. If he's on this show, he's going to have to wear a headset. I that's mean, right. He, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's my main qualification for him. That's right. All right, let me get the caption back up. Where are we at? Uh, we're an hour and seven in. Let's run through, because I, I think, y'all. Is there anybody in the chat believes checklist Christianity is okay? I don't think so. So, no. but yeah, I'm a saint that sins, I, but I'm not a sinner that lives in sin. That's good. Right. You know, here's the thing about checklist Christianity. We can mean well with bullet points and bullet point sermons. And I would yeah. never say don't. I mean, you, you, you need running points and sermons. And I'm not, I'm just saying it can happen where you just, you just, 
being lazy or something, you just turn it into where it's more of a, well, did I do this and did I do that? Yeah. Did I do this? And instead well, of seeing those bullet points as truths from God that let that, me, that that build our relationship with yeah. God, that you know. Let me tell you what I'm starting to notice, Aaron, up here in Riverview. Yeah. When I preach, I do not preach the MSOP six-part outline where you've got a, a title, a text, a thesis, uh, an introduction, a body, and a conclusion. Yeah. I preach very much like I live stream. Yeah. And what I have noticed is the amount of things these people are learning, and I, I, I hear... And the way that I know they're learning, I don't quiz them, but I hear the language that I use yeah. Yeah. talk uh, uh, used by them now. Yeah. And I've never noticed that in in doing like three points, three alliterated points in a poem and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 And then John Exum says, I like preaching expositorily through books or yeah. even texts. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, think I mean, that's, yeah, going through the books of the Bible, that's your bread and butter. I mean, yeah, and, and I don't want to I, dump on topical preaching because when it's done right, it's amazing. The yeah. very first gospel sermon was, in fact, a topical sermon. The good thing Acts is Peter two. used the verses right. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, Peter kept it in kept the verses in her context. That's the key. <laughs> yeah. Connie Barden, we will see you. We're, we're almost done. I got to get off here pretty soon. But yeah. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got six things yeah, that let's um, hit them real quick. I want to, yeah. Gonna... And uh, actually, I've messed up here. Hold on, just a second. Bear with me. I got to do one thing. Copy. Let me paste it into this Word document so I can have it here easy to see. All right, we're cooking with hot butter now. Let's run through these six things. Um. Yeah, balance is the key, John. You got that right. And yeah, yep, 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 yep. All right. So let's talk about addressing the perception within the church of Christ. Well, what perception? That we teach a work salvation and checklist Christianity. Yeah. Because remember, I believe we've earned that a little bit. Yeah. And and I'm, that doesn't mean that I think, well, the church is just a denomination and it doesn't matter. No, I'm saying the church of Christ, the church that Jesus built— the imperfect people who make up that church We're have, to, yeah. yes, have focused a little bit too much on man's part, maybe a little bit to the neglect of God's part. Yeah, we want to be balanced. Yes. The Bible teaches both. Yeah, Emphasize both. And speaking of emphasize, the very first one I've got is we need to emphasize faith and grace. Uh, the Church of Christ must highlight the foundational role of grace and faith and salvation. Romans 3.28 asserts, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith, absent or without the deeds of the law. Mm-hmm. And, and in its context, that's talking about the law of Moses. But do you think that we're justified by the deeds of the law of Christ? Or by the fact that we have obeyed from the heart you see what I mean? Yep. I don't he, think he, the law think in, just 
Yeah. Yeah. In chapter three, I think he's specifying on the Mosaic law. Then in yeah. chapter four, he broadens it more. You and got he's it. He's saying it's not law. He says, look, if they're in Galatians, he, same writer, if there was a law that could have justified people doing a law, it was the law of Moses, man. That's yes. what he says in Galatians yep. three. What is it? I can't remember the verse 20, but yeah, he mentions that in Galatians yep. three. Just read the yep. whole chapter. You'll get it. Yep. And you know, if there was a wasn't verse 20, I glance at it, but anyhow, he says you could have been the it would have been the old law, but that's not the way that it works. It's not but it's not the doing of the law, it's what is made possible through the sacrifice. Yeah. You know, and, and the faith that accesses that. Um, something that I've I've listened to a sermon from Keith Moser. Ezra chapter three comes to mind. The 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 children of Israel had to be let out of it of, of the Babylonian captivity because of the promise to Abraham from from where would salvation come? Yeah. It's Jerusalem. So they yeah. had to get back to Jerusalem. So they had to come back to the location of the salvation. If the children of if if, if the if if people if God's people are not in the proper location of salvation, then they will not uh, be recipients of the benefit of that salvation. Yep. Oh. And the first thing yeah. that that the children of Israel did uh, whenever Ezra, whenever they went back and they, and, and they went back with Ezra, is they built rebuilt or built again the altar of consecration and sacrificed on it. Yeah. They consecrated. They set themselves apart to do the work. Yeah, but that that's that's because they were in the proper location. But if they would have just went back and not rebuilt the temple, not done any of the works of the law of Moses, yeah, then we would have had an issue. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else before we go to number next? No, it's good stuff. Keep going. Balancing faith and works. While works are an expression of faith, they are not its substitute. The church can teach the balance between faith and works as seen in James 2, ensuring that works are understood as the fruit of faith and not its root. Yeah. I think that's interesting. We we you've heard about getting the cart before the horse. My faith. So you got to be careful how you use the term. There's different usages for the term faith. Mm -hmm. James uses faith and belief interchangeably. Mm-hmm. So yep. belief coupled with obedience equals faith. Yeah. Okay. But that's that's the saving faith. But if you if you take faith as just faith is my belief that Jesus is the Son of God and God exists, then that faith produces the works of obedience. Yeah. So you've got to be careful how you conceptualize it and yeah. how you, and how you Hebrews, teach it. And then Hebrews 11 uh, continues to add to that idea of the action that you take based on what you believe. Exactly. That's Hebrews exactly. 11. Yeah. yeah. So we we got to teach that. That's we, just we, the fullness we, of the doctrine of yes, faith that, is what that's it is. All, just, all it is. Yeah. Now, here, here's one that gets into a little more uh, abstract is fostering a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Encourage a personal, and then again, I don't mean this like the denominations. I don't mean a personal to you. I mean, you need to conceptualize your relationship with God as personal. In other words, Jesus died on the cross, not for us, although he did, mm 
But Jesus died on the cross for me. Mm-hmm. If if Adam had not have sinned, it would have been somebody else. And if nobody would have sinned until I come along, then it would have been me. <laughs> and if I was the only person to ever sin, Jesus would still die on the cross. Mm-hmm. So encourage a personal relationship with God beyond mere ritual or adherence to the rules. Uh, Philippians 3, 9, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. This doesn't mean that we're clothed in Jesus's righteousness. Paul is talking about whenever he was functioning under the law of Moses. But what we understand is under the law of Christ, we are righteous because of the things that we do. And if we think that we're righteous, we're righteous because of the things we do. We, we do right things. And theologically that puts us in the location where salvation is and keeps us there and keeps us there. Mm -hmm. But if you think it's because of you, then you've got another thing coming. Yep. Mere ritual or mere adherence to rules. That I mean it's, it's not gonna help. Like, you know, the Israelites would say things like the God of our fathers, that kind of yeah, you know, and 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 then you have in scripture Jesus teaching the personal nature of God the Father. Our Father in heaven, we're to pray. Like there's yeah. a relationship there. That's yeah. that means it's personal. He's not some yes. like just object, just some, you know. Oh, that's right. Like He's a person, like yes. you know, and he, and he cares, and and we care about him. We reverence and fear him, and then we love him and we adore him. He's our Jesus is our divine friend, you know. Absolutely, like I mean, there's a relationship there, and yes. that and that's and that's and from that understanding, we obey him. We you know, we adhere to his rules. Absolutely. Because of that, because we understand that proper yep. relationship, his authority and what he's done for us. You got it. It's got to be both. It's yes. not one or the other. And, and that's a good segue into the next one, <clears throat> teaching the whole counsel of God. It is essential to provide comprehensive biblical teaching. Yeah. Acts 20, verse 27 states, for I have not shown to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Yep. Take heed, therefore, unto thyself and unto the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. To mm-hmm. feed the church of God. Yep. Feed them what? The whole council. Yep. This is a holistic approach. Mm-hmm. You and I shared a, a kind of a text message thread in which I said, so many times congregations, they're, they get so much teaching on Genesis, Exodus, Matthew, maybe Galatians or Romans, and that's about two years worth of teaching, and that's about the amount of time it takes a congregation to get rid of a preacher. Yeah. And so they get another preacher in. He does the same material. Yeah. He's not perfect, so they get another guy thinking he'll be perfect. A lot of times that's what it is when they fire a preacher. You got that right. I know sometimes preachers are fired because they're in sin and they're lazy. But a lot of times it's it's, he doesn't put it up to their perfect little mold, so they want somebody else and greener grass somewhere else. I, I almost would like to craft an interview questionnaire. Yep. And... Maybe take the month of March 
and each week have a different gospel preacher on, mm-hmm. but you have to be a gospel preacher that has been preaching for two decades at the same congregation. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I can think of a short list. <laughs> oh, it would be a short list. A very short list. Well, I mean, I think of, what about Bobby Branch, uh, Tony Lawrence. Okay. Who else? Uh, oh, Steve Higginbotham. He's at been least two decades. Yeah, I wonder how long Steve Higginbotham's been with Carnes. I don't know. Probably about that long. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know t- uh, Todd. Oh, yeah, Todd Clippard. Yeah, he's been there nearly three decades. Yeah, Todd Clippard will be a third one. Yeah, so we, we've got a, we've got almost a month right there. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I, I dude. Can, oh, we, I, mean, we, I could think of a few more, but if we could well, get them or not, I don't know. Think, well, okay, so th- think of as many as you can, and then if yeah. we can get them, we can. We can't, we yeah. can't. Yeah. You know, surely we can get a month of them, four. Yeah. All right. Teaching the whole counsel of God. I, I'm, we, we just, you just got to do it. I, I preached, I talked about that within my sermon this past week. I talked about a healthy, balanced diet of yeah. the Word of God. Not just studying the subjects that you like. Not just studying the subjects that you've always heard that you're comfortable, you know, but studying the whole, there's 66 books. God could have wrote everything in two pages if he wanted to. Why? Oh, he, he could have made it. Yeah, he could have made 150 word bullet. I know. Point. Why did why did he choose 66 books and he preserved? And don't give me this. Well, we don't live by the old law. That's not my point. We it's recorded and it's re, it's been saved. It's been kept. Hold saved on a for second. Let, let me push back on something you said there. <laughs> what do you mean we don't live by? I know we don't live by the old law, right? But we live by the Old Testament. Yeah. Now that's not that's not that's not we're not governed, right? But listen to it. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. So we are that, living by it. That we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Yep. If you're not looking at the Old Testament and garnering lessons from it, you're not taking advantage of everything God has done for us. Yeah, so it's preserved for us. Like I, I, And that's one of the things I, I talked about as well. I tried to emphasize a great appreciation for the Old Testament because I fear that most members of the church do not have that about the Old Testament. Right. And I emphasize Absolutely. that, like, like, just anyhow, I could go on, but to have yeah. an understanding of God, to have a proper relationship with God, the way he, we got to go into the Old Testament and understand who he is. You got that right. All right. Not, not a simplistic checklist. No, sure. But the way he revealed it. Here's one, buddy. Community and discipleship. Mm-hmm. Building a community that fosters discipleship and growth and understanding can help prevent misconceptions. Encouraging members to engage in discussion, Bible studies, and fellowship, mm-hmm. deepening their understanding and living out their faith in everyday life. Yep. Folks, one of the things that I like about the uh, Riverview Church up here, and we have a very eclectic group of people we're 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 we've we've gone up we're averaging about 35 on sunday we only have 42 chairs yeah there's just ain't much room for visitors i shouldn't say that because then people might not come visitors go (laughs) yeah well well, we got a (laughs) we have a contingent plan we can put about 10 people upstairs and they can listen through a baby monitor that that's our high tech that's our high tech way of Bless it. Yeah. But anyway, long story short, up here, 
there's all kinds of questions that are asked. Um, it's good discussion. We don't all agree with some of these minutia things, but I stress very adamantly that we don't have to. Yep. You know, you just, I mean, you can't disrupt class. You can't undermine, you know, what I'm teaching. Like it's my job to do the teaching. And if you disagree with what I say on the minutia, you can ask questions and you can state your point and I'll, I'll, I'll say, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll counter it and I'll, I'll also steel man it, but, but you can't, you, you can't hijack the class. You can't hijack the class. That's and they first, know this, they, yeah. they're, they're all good with it. That violates first Corinthians 14. It really does. Yeah. Hijack it, but yeah. Now. The last one. Anyway, if, if we do that, by the way, we won't have such a one-sided. We, we won't. We won't come across. We'll, we'll be more. Um, we'll be more in depth in our Bible knowledge. Yeah. And we won't boil being a Christian down to ten bullet points. I'll say this: like uh, restricting the public study of the Word of God to a homily. Yeah. Is not healthy. No, it is not. And and community and discipleship fosters, you know, like encouraging members to engage in these discussions and, yeah. and have to say without being scathed, you know, yeah. without being like even if it's wrong, it's like they need to hear why it's wrong without you impeding their or what's the word I'm looking for? Impugning. Impugning their character. Like yes. Like I can't believe you would. Don't do that. I know. <laughs> just address what they're talking about. Well, if don't, you think that, then you don't really love God. You don't really. You just don't know. I can't. You've been in the church all these years. You don't. It's just like don't. Just, I know. Just talk about what's at hand and treat oh, them respectfully. Man. Yeah. Like, and then I'm not talking about somebody that's repeatedly a problem. They've been rebuked publicly, and this is the third time they're well, going to be rejected. Uh, I, uh, I, yeah, a man that's a heretic after the first <laughs> second yeah, admonition yeah. reject. Right. Yeah. Move forward. That's. Yeah. <clears throat> But All right. It's only one-sided homily. You don't get a feedback, and the shepherds of the church don't know That's it. what the members believe because nobody's discussing it. That's, That's it. A, we could talk about and, that another time. And it's That's not just it's not just uh, it's not just questions that I like. I like hearing the thoughts, yeah, from the members because they say things that I haven't thought about before. Like for instance, yeah. in Daniel chapter six, the many many tickle you farson. You know, it was a, a, it, it's potentially two generations. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's potentially two generations since anybody had ever really known Daniel. Uh, you know, you got Nebuchadnezzar, then you had a Nebuchadnezzar. Belshazzar was the king, and his father or grandfather Nebuchadnezzar. I can't remember which yeah, one. I think it was his grandfather Nebuchadnezzar. I think I think, I think so. So it was two yeah. generations that were skipped. Yeah, and this many these fingers appeared and wrote many many tickle you farson, and. He come undone. He shook, and all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Belshazzar back together again. <laughs> yeah. So his mother or grandmother, the queen, said, hey, there there was this fella back a while ago named Daniel in whom dwelt the wisdom and the spirits of the gods, and he could tell things. Let's get him. And so they got him, and... Daniel addressed the king as if he had prior knowledge of the problem at hand. And one of the members asked, do you think that was miraculous? And I thought, well, you know, I've never thought about it. I said, I, I always go to a, 
non-miraculous explanation first because that impresses me more. But it is not without outside the realm of possibility that Daniel could have had miraculous foreknowledge, but he wouldn't have had to because he would have known that, hey, they're having this party. They're going to pull out the implements of the the temple worship and stuff like that and defile them, and yeah. God's not going to be happy with that. And so now if you're bringing me to read some writing on the wall from these disembodied fingers, oh, I know that your problem is pride. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't had to have had miraculous foreknowledge, but he could have. And so we had a really good conversation about mm-hmm. that that fleshed out the lesson. Yep. And I'd never thought of it. Yep. That takes healthy-minded people, too. Like, we're not yes, trying to does. prove each other wrong. We're not yeah. trying to show how I know the Bible more than you do, and you're dumb. Like, right. it, it. sometimes you can sense a, with some individuals, like, some animosity or something. And it oh, shouldn't yeah. be there. Like, yeah. And that's why some members are scared to speak up and discuss. Yes. They're afraid they'll get hammered. Like they'll they're afraid that they'll be shown to be stupid. Like that shouldn't be the case with Christians. Yeah. Christians should always foster community and discipleship. Absolutely. Hello, Sheila Cole. Good to see you. All right, here's the last one, Aaron. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna it's a little bit lengthier, but I'm gonna read it just the same. Um demonstrate or excuse me, practical application and outreach. Because without application and outreach, you really don't have anything. Mm-hmm. Demonstrating faith through service and love, as Galatians 5.13 states, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. This verse encourages believers to use their freedom in Christ not as a means of self-indulgence, but as an opportunity to serve others in love, the Church of Christ can emphasize the importance of putting faith into action by helping those in need, engaging in community service, and showing Christ's love in practical ways. The approach, or this approach rather, helps to convey that Christianity is not merely about following a set of rules, but about living out a faith that transforms character and behavior impacting others positively. It also aligns with the teachings of Jesus in Matthew 25, 40. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it to me. This scripture underscores the importance of service as an integral part of one's faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. That verse the denom- reflects the personal nature of it too. Yes, like, and the denominations have beaten us to death over this. Wow. The, the denominations, yeah. the practical application and outreach, they model first century Christianity in that way. The Church of Christ does not. Well, how well, dare you? Well, by and large, me. generally. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I mean, we, we've had a big crowd for this one. And obviously, there's some people that are going to say, well, Tony, you don't know what you're talking about. That's not the way it is in my congregation. Fair enough. I've been around a lot. Yeah. I've seen a lot of different congregations. Yeah. Generally speaking, the Church of Christ has failed miserably in practical Christianity. We have succeeded. We've reached the lofty mountaintops of theological correctness. Mm-hmm. But we have failed. We're still down in the valley trying to get together enough gumption to climb the mountain when it comes to practical application and outreach. I saw a title on the internet recently, and I made a sermon out of this idea. Fat on doctrine, low on exercise. 
That's I preach, it. I preached that a week ago Sunday. Yep. Like, yep. Fat on doctrine. I think I did a podcast about that. That's like, you know. From the same whatever you saw. Probably probably I, mean, I, I did it. Probably I did it from something you did. Or, or I think me and you may have saw that. I can't remember exactly. But may have saw it at the same I time. Was, I think it was somebody else. Well, I, I copied off it. somebody, so I don't know yeah. if it was you or somebody else. I think it was somebody else that wrote it, and then and I can't even remember now. I guess I, I can't remember now yeah. if I knew you did a podcast on it or not. But anyhow. I tell people all the time, nothing you get from me is original. <laughs> that's right. Stealing everything. I'm either stealing it from the Bible or stealing you know, but people say, it. where did you get that? It's like, well, if I'm in the Bible, it's... I, I got it from somebody. I don't it, know. The thing of it is, is truth hadn't changed for 2,000 years. The New Testament, I mean, yeah. there's nothing original. The only thing that's original is the scriptures. <laughs> I guarantee it. Everything else, people have been taking the scriptures if it's biblical. But anyhow, yep. yeah, you know, it's... Some people would also probably disagree or chide what you said and say, well, how dare you give any credence to denominationalism? By saying what you said, you're not supporting denominationalism. Not at all. You're stating a fact, and that's a thing that we need to be so careful about, our attitude. I know it. That we, Luke 16, Luke 16 proves that we can learn from the people of the world. Yes. Jesus taught that, and and so, but in the church, we sometimes look down on the world and denominations to the extent that we think we're better than them and we could never learn anything from them. But Jesus taught the parable of the uh, the rich man that had a steward. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And and he and he went on saying, you can learn from this man, this astute, austere man. You know, what you learn from him is he planned, he did the work, he prepared for the future. He wasn't yeah. always honest about it, <laughs> but the Lord commended him for his hard work. And so often the members of the church, we're not, we don't have that hard work. We don't have that commitment, that practicality, that practical part of Christianity, like meet the people where they are, you know, be patient with people, meet them in the parking lot with coffee when it's cold, if you can. I know. Instead, the church looks at that like, oh, that's liberalism. It's yeah. like, why do we look at giving people hot chocolate as liberalism? Because it's I, not in the Bible. Hot chocolate's not in the Bible. It's a sin. I mentioned this recently in a sermon that we need to understand the difference between what's required and what's mm-hmm. authorized and what's yeah. optional. Yeah. You know. I, I'm I'm with I, you. I, it's hurting the church. Great. I'm authorized to use indoor plumbing, but I'm not commanded to. You know, you know if, we don't understand the difference between the two. If if I had a budget, an unlimited budget, I would build a church building that could accommodate 150 members. And in that church building, off off to the side of the foyer, I would have a fully stocked coffee bar. Yeah. And Somebody would be designated as their work. It's be a good job for a deacon. Uh Every Sunday, they would be in charge of running that coffee bar. Yeah. Like before and and after services. Before and after services, we would give away free coffee to every member. And to hell with you if you find something wrong with that. I'm just going to go and say you're you're in a gall of bitterness and bondage of iniquity, and you and your money that you have heaped up against the last day perish with you. Oh, but that's liberal, Tony. 
good. I'm called to be liberal. <laughs> Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Yep. I'm not part of the bondage of the law of Moses yep. where I can't move. I've got liberty in Christ to live and breathe and think and act and be a free moral agent within the boundaries of the freedom of Jesus Christ. He died that I might have life and that I might have it more abundantly. Yep. Yep. That gets me worked up. I know. Oh, ah, I can't find the verse. Where is it? First I've, Corinthians. I've seen or what makes you chair, so your booze mean nothing. Yeah. Yep. Where's the verse? Is it First Corinthians or Romans? The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. <laughs> I've heard people You're use, right. I've heard people use that verse to say it's sinful to eat and drink in the church building. I know. Then like you need that. to get like, the you need to get the water fountain out of it. Then I'm like, you need to read the context. Man, oh man, we I, got to we got to we got to practice first century Christianity the way they practiced it in the first century. And, and a lot of that, what we're emphasizing, is the practical. Yes, like serving people, reaching yes. people. Don't quote me from your notes what they said, but I think I recall Billy Bland saying something about how many congregations have just become worshiping societies. Yes. They go to the building, they do good Bible class, good worship, then they go home. That's it. And that's the extent of most of it. Now, some of the individuals are doing things individually, but like collectively, yep. they're not really doing anything besides events. That that's the thing. The church has become events too. Yes. Let, let's let's I'm, end with this illustration yeah. and talking about this illustration. People on a cruise ship. They go to the cruise ship. They act like people on the cruise ships while they're on the cruise ships. And when they come home, what they did on the cruise ship has no lasting effect in their day-to-day -day life. Yep. But if you are an army man, a navy man, a, 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 a seaman on a ship, a battleship, mm -hmm. and you spend your time on the battleship, when you're not out at sea and you come back to the barracks or you come back to your civilian life, the way you behaved and the way you did on that battleship permeates every layer and every facet of your civilian life. Mm -hmm. Folks, the church is not a cruise ship to be enjoyed in the moment while you're there to be to, to serve you. Yeah. You, as a soldier of the cross live a life that even when you're not on the ship out to sea in active battle, you are disciplined and you are setting yourself up where you act just like at your own house, you act in your own daily life, you act like that, even uh, the same as if you are on the battleship itself. Mm-hmm. I know that's kind of stretching that illustration rather thin, but I hope I've conveyed the message that I intended to convey. Yeah. Good. It's the difference between eating cotton candy and a T-bone steak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's got to be real. It's got to it's got to be more than just. Well, I mean, what's the purpose of the church where you are? Right. Well, it's so we can have a place to worship. Well, what if the what if the building burned down and everybody had to disperse 
and the and there was no longer a congregation in that area. I think about the Getwell Church of Christ. Yeah. You know how you knew the Getwell Church of Christ was superfluous and served no purpose? Is because now that it's gone, nobody cares. It doesn't affect the community whatsoever. Yeah. The only way it affects the community is that maybe one or two that 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 go to, that would have gone to Getwell, they've got to drive an extra 30 minutes down the road. Yeah. Yeah. What was their purpose? Well, they had no purpose in the local community. So it wouldn't have mattered where they were. They 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 could have been located in Washington state for all they cared. Yeah. I mean they they weren't they weren't affecting the local community. I think people just don't the what I believe is the bottom line is brethren do not want to hear this. They no. because they know we're guilty of this. Yes. And we don't want to set aside our our schedules. No. We don't want to shape our lives in a way that we're going to be involved. We just we want to come to church, do our Bible classes and bicker over the gift of the Holy Spirit and other things and then go back home and I say yep. bicker, even if it's friendly, just yeah, you know, talk about these interesting academic pursuits that debate the, esca- in, escala- es- uh, eschatology. Yeah, yeah, that in in the end do not matter, you know. Yep. And and uh we we talk about the things that don't matter in the end, and we neglect the things now that will matter at the end. Yep, you know, reaching the lost, bringing people that have fallen away back where they need to be, elders, eldering, deacons, deaking and serving, and evangelists yeah. teaching, and preaching, uh, members serving, working together, and uh, you know, anyhow, I know it. It's it's easier to talk and discuss among ourselves than yeah put a plan together and stick together and well, commit to that plan. Based on what we've talked about in the last 10 minutes, I want everybody listening to this and everybody who will listen to it, imagine what the landscape would look like at your local community if the church in your local community winked out of existence. How would it affect the community? How would it affect the surrounding community. If the only thing that you can come up with is, well, the members that worship there that are part of that community would have to drive 30 minutes down the road. Then I put forth to you. There's no reason for the church in your community to exist anyway. Yeah. Go ahead and shut the doors and give your money to a, to the, to the five talent man or the four talent man, because you're the one talent man. Or if you, or if the main, in addition to that, or if you add to that, well, then it, the, then Aaron wouldn't have a job, quote unquote. Right. Uh, then uh, I can go get a job. Yeah, yeah. Again, these are things I'm listing that are just I know that are that are things that can be changed that can be I know you know that are secondary to the main work of the church. Yes. For the area around them, we just yes. We're, we're very inward. And figure, I, figure out something you can do to make yourself useful to the local area. Figure out the purpose for the existence of the congregation where you are. Yeah. Figure yep. out the purpose for the existence of the congregation where you are. Yep. Jewel Pender, I try my best to come on every weekday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. I do not always accomplish that. Yeah. But I try my best. And if I don't come on at 10 a.m., 
at least through restream schedule my live stream. So like, let's say that, let's say I know that I'm not going to come on at 10. I, I have to wing it that day. I figure out about an hour before I can go on and I just, I just schedule an event, but I only schedule it for one hour out. So I at least, so if you don't, if you don't see me at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, uh, periodically check back on the Christianity Now Facebook page or my personal Facebook page because I stream both. And, uh, you should, you, that should help you, um, that should help you to, um, to, um, catch us and, and, and catch us live. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Oh, and, and you don't know where to go. So I stream on Christianity Now, Cogitations, and my personal Facebook page. And let me go to the, the let me go to the captions here. Um, we'll get the tip jar off the screen. Where's it at? Uh, Aaron, I can't see. Oh, it's up top. Hold on. Right here. There's a Facebook group. <clears throat> called Christianity now that in fact it's 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 not what's the opposite of leaps and bounds it's growing it's it's growing slowly and steadily okay I was gonna say crawls and I don't know crawling yeah Yeah. oh it's 34 members now so if everybody that's listening to this would go uh sign up on the Christianity now Facebook group. Uh, that would help. I, I, we, we don't post a whole lot in there, but I post some like I've got a, I've got a, uh, my video that I just did. It's okay to have doubts. It's a 10 minute video. I shared it in there from YouTube. What I need and, to do is I may just like make a little post in there and just a, even it's just a sentence, two, three yeah. sentence, just something, you know, just, well, you're a scripture. The, just you know. the last. I, I need to just upload the last two faith walks you did in there. I haven't had a chance to sit down and edit them. Yeah, well, I've been completely off too for the last yeah. seven. Yeah, nah, don't, wor- no, don't worry about the house that. and all that too. It's just been crazy. Yeah, don't worry about that. Hello, Angie but, B. But I do but, intend to do more stuff yeah. like that. But with Facebook, you don't have to have one minute. You have like a minute and thirty seconds. So I can upload your faith walks to Facebook, Facebook at least, and I don't even have to edit them. So I need yeah. to get on that. But anyway, all that stuff, you know, all that to be said, um, we try to be consistent, but remember both Aaron and I are local preachers and that, that has to come first, Yeah. but we try, try, try to be consistent. Anyway, mm-hmm. Aaron, you got anything just pressing you want to talk about before we close on just- the subject? My just mo- most all people that would be watching or listening to us are members of the Church of Christ. So, just you know, love the Lord, be thankful for what He did, and and reckon your works to Him as your gratitude toward Him, and you're fulfilling God's will. You know, never think of it as earning or deserving or putting God in debt to you or or the reason you're going to go to heaven is because you've done all these good things, that kind of thing. Instead, do it because of your gratitude and you want to please and honor him and you want others to see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that kind of summarizes in my mind, 
a lot of what we've said today. Don't treat it like a checklist. On the other hand, you know, it's not wrong to have a list of things on a refrigerator from Scripture. You know, that's the way, no. that's the way it helps remind you of things that's in God's Word. God's Word is uh, challenging to the modern mind because of its length. Like, I mean, well, it, you, most people don't have the whole New Testament memorized. It, it, no. It, it's a lifetime. This is a book for a lifetime of study. And so, like, to put God ever before you, make you some short lists that helps you, like, if you want to memorize some verses and, you know, I'm saying all that, say, you know, define our terms. Don't, yeah. don't be limited. Don't don't be a mere check mere checklist. So, uh, Ayo Kunle, he is a member here, and he preaches on the last Sunday of the month. Mm-hmm. And the last sermon that he did, he talked about checklist Christianity, and he, and he made the point in the sermon, he's like, there is a sense in which checklist Christianity is good as long as it's God's checklist. Yeah. I mean, it's you know you got to right. if you're going to check stuff off terms. a list, it, it's it's stuff that God's put there. That's right. And as long as you check that list from the heart, obey. You know, attitude and action. Yeah, both are necessary. The proper attitude and the kind of actions God wants. Hey, you can't go wrong. That's it. Maybe maybe we'll use Maslow to get more viewers. Yeah. Have you ever seen a dog? He loves his ears rubbed like this. Yeah. You take it and just yeah. rub it between your fingers. Mm-hmm. He absolutely loves it. Dogs just want to be petted. That's all, right. oh, that's all they want. Up. I guarantee it. And one thing I've learned from a dog, make yourself available. <laughs> like that, that's all a dog does. That's why the dogs follow you around. Yeah. And it, so if you're, if you're wanting affection from somebody or if you want attention from somebody, don't pester them all the time, but make yourself available. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't make it hard for people to give you affection. Yeah. Just don't make true. it hard for people to. And like if a husband and a wife, if if you want physical contact from your wife, well, don't spend some time. Yeah, I know. Spend some time in the same room with her. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good start. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you got to follow her when she goes to the bathroom. Right, but. Like a dog does, but you know, sitting on the same couch and close on the couch helps too. Just well, like you know, like when you have kids, you know, I know you're busy, but yeah, still you can sit beside them on the couch. Well, you can hold their hand. You so, can... <laughs> what's the difference? So you've got a big couch that can seat five people, but then what's the piece of furniture that looks like the big couch but only seats two? The love seat. Or reckon why it's called that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe get rid of your easy chairs and get a love seat. Yeah. And then yeah. instead of instead of sitting separately in your easy chairs, maybe sit in the love seat. Yeah. But that's not the topic of conversation for today. Or here's another option, because I've seen <laughs> this. You can get those recliners that may not work for everybody because of body size and everything, but there yeah. are some recliners that are like love seat recliners. They hold supposedly hold two people. Yeah. They're pretty wide. I would have to be married to a very, very small woman in order for those recliners <laughs> to hold two people. Yeah. Yeah. Me and one other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. LaBeth is very small, but she's not that small. Yeah. It, 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 we, we gotta, we gotta have a love seat or we gotta have separate chairs. Yeah. We have little children. So even if uh, you sit beside each other, children are crawling all over you, which yeah. that's fine. That's a time of life, but exactly, it's good to be near each other still and 
have our own time. And exactly, Diana Hart says, "Hello, sweet Maslow." Maslow right. may end up being the mascot or something. He may, you know. He he is. He's 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 one of the most worthless dogs I've ever owned. <laughs> I have never in my life had a pet dog. I've had a lot of dogs. And I've had a lot of really, really good dogs that I've loved deeply and loved me deeply, but they're working dogs. Yeah. I've never had a pet dog until Maslow. Yeah, he's just strictly a pet. Yes. Yeah. He's not he not worth the food I put down his gullet. <laughs> yeah, but he but he's worth being your pet though. I guarantee it. I you guarantee love him it. being your pet, don't you? Yeah, I'd hate for him not to be around. Yeah. I'd hate and he he's he's just so anyway, he's a good dog. He's a really good dog. Aaron, I'm let's done. Hop, Are you? Let's hop on. Yeah, I'm done too. There's 13 people still listening to us. Let's, I know it. Let's, so let's for, release them. <laughs> for for about an hour and, and 45 minutes, we had above 20. Yeah, yeah. All right. Folks, this has been Tony Brewer and Aaron Dodson with Christianity Now. Uh, on Substack, look for the article to be released probably tomorrow talking about grace beyond works. Navigating faith and action in the Church of Christ, and normally I do not capitalize the C. I capitalize the C on purpose with this one because I'm specifically talking about the Church of Christ as it is represented in Western culture. Okay, I don't know anything about any other in, in, in any other culture except yeah. Western culture. So yeah. I, I capitalize the C because well, I did it on purpose, and uh, so look for that article to come out. Uh, subscribe to Cogitations and Christianity Now on Podbean, Apple Podcast, and TuneIn Radio. Uh, consider uh, supporting us monetarily. The way to do that is in the show notes. Um, and uh, as Jonathan Exum joked around, if you if you support us with enough of a donation, we'll send you a, a jar full of Canadian air <laughs> over which Aaron Dotson has prayed. Yeah. So there you yeah. go. Over which uh, I put a uh, mosquito that's already been killed. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We can we can even put a mosquito in there From if you want to. Yeah, that's the state bird here in Arkansas. I guarantee it. Mosquito. Um, but yeah, that, that's all we've got. God bless every one of you, <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side.